However, I think that if this dude conned the FBI, conned Pan Am, conned Hollywood, and then is still getting paid for speaking engagements and continuing to con people, <laughs> it's That's on fair. us. Dude, the dude is winning. <laughs> That's fair. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict Podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification buttons, uh, just so you can keep up with our episodes and when they come out, and we do some lives here and there. Um, but yeah, also help us grow the podcast. So tell a friend about us. Tell a con man about us. Uh, even if maybe a con teenager would be more appropriate. Mm, there we go. So, uh, but, you know, tell your local con person about us. How about that? Um, Very politically correct. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> so we've jumped into a new month. It's November. Um, and thank you to our lovely patron. Uh, I'm going to call him Charles because I haven't looked at what his name's. Oh, it's a good one. Cholula Water. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> I've been out of commission for a little bit, so I haven't looked at it in a while. But, yeah, thanks to Cholula Waters, a.k.a. Charles, for picking our movies for the topic that are biopics or biopics or however the fuck you want to say that word. Um, We're starting with a big one. Catch Me If You Can. It was released December 25th, 2002. It was written by Jeff Nathanson and Frank Abagnale Jr., um, it was directed by Steven Spielberg. It stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks, Christopher Walken, Martin Sheen, Natalie Bay, Amy Adams, James Brolin, Brian Howe, Frank John Hughes, and Steve Easton. Um, barely 21 yet, Frank is a skilled forger who has passed as a doctor, lawyer, and pilot. FBI agent Carl becomes obsessed with tracking down the con man who only revels in the pursuit. I feel like that's kind of an inaccurate yeah <clears throat> synopsis but hey whatever we'll roll with it anyway yeah um hey guys I, never... I did it I did it I picked the movie JJ has never seen before yeah I wish I had a big number one trophy winner winner chicken dinner yeah. I can retire now and be completely happy there's not I many of them movie jj has <laughs> not seen before we're not gonna we're not gonna acknowledge the fact that i did by accident uh, sure. we're gonna say i did this 100 on purpose and knew that jj had never seen this movie when i picked it exactly um, because that makes me feel much better about myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's you know and i have here's the thing like what we did another one that i hadn't seen i don't remember that i don't remember it either <laughs> but yeah, you had done it oh, earlier. It was it was Nacho Libre. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, very good that doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That doesn't I, count. This I, counts. I had a very good reason as to why I had never watched Nacho Libre. I had no interest in it whatsoever. This one, while I can still say I had not really much interest in it, I had no good reason to not have much interest in it. I think it just because of when it came out, like I was a very young man, and I didn't, like I looked at it one, Look, this is a don't at me, fuckers, but I'm not a huge Leonardo DiCaprio fan. He's hit and miss with me. I know. Like, look, he's great. 
he's obviously a fantastic actor because he's got longevity. He's been around since he was a kid. I enjoyed him in like what, you know, in his younger, when he was a kid and was doing movies, this younger version of him that's in this movie, not my favorite. I like him again a little more now that he's older and he's doing some more like gritty roles, things like that. But like, he's never been one that, oh, Leonardo DiCaprio's in it. I'm like, oh, I have to see it. He's never been that for me. I'm like, okay, he's in it. Maybe it'll be good. Maybe he'll be good. But I saw the previews for this and went, eh. I was 21 and I was like, nah, I'm okay. I don't need to watch this. And then I just never did. Like it just, I mean, I heard all about it. Oh, it's a great movie. Tom Hanks rocks. And I think what surprises me more about not seeing is that Tom Hanks is in it and I didn't see it because I love tom hanks there's very little that tom hanks does that i won't watch just for the sake of watching tom hanks but he's in this much less than i thought he would be so again i was watching it going kind of glad i didn't watch this before because i would have been pissed that i didn't get more tom hanks because i think he's great in this movie oh he's phenomenal he's my favorite character in it because i kind of think that frank jr is a whiny little bitch but (laughs) we'll get into that later i think but um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I just never seen it, but I think it's one of those things that everybody was always shocked when I, they were like, Oh man, I love catch me if you can. And I'm like, I've never fucking seen it. I, so I don't know. So yeah, well done, sir. Well done. Thank you. You got me on this deal. Yeah. So this is one that I think the first time I saw it was in high school, mm-hmm. like as a class, like, you know, we're going to mm-hmm. watch this movie type of a thing. Um, I think I was a sophomore. So I was like 15, 16 years old. Yeah. So I was right the same age as, you know, Frank Abagnale Jr. is depicted. Yeah. And to me, I was like, dude, this guy's living the goddamn dream. Right. I was like, hell yes. If I could do this, that's what I would be doing. Yeah. And so that's kind of stuck with me. And then I haven't really overwatched it, I'll say. Mm. Like, it always kind of sticks with me as, oh, hey, that's an enjoyable watch. Yeah. But I think for me, this was a little bit like Moulin Rouge was with you. Mm. Right. When it's on TBS, I'm going there to watch it um, type of a thing back when cable was a thing, um, you know, and I I would catch bits and pieces here and there of it or sections of the movie for the most part. But actually watching all the way through, I've only done a couple times. Mm. Um, And so I I think that's kind of contributed to why I still hold this up a lot because I watched again. I was like, yeah, this is good, but it's not as good as I remember it being i think this is one of the first ones where since i was watching from this podcasting perspective mm. where i was like oh maybe that wasn't uh as good as i thought it was yeah um, still enjoyable and sure. i still have fun at moments throughout it that i think some of the moments in this movie are some of the best uh from the era that it was filmed in sure. i mean tom hanks again amazing and you have a Byplay, but between him and Leonardo DiCaprio, where it's like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like the the phone call on Christmas. Oh yeah, like that is really cool. Where you know, uh, Tom Hanks is Carl Reddy. It's like you're calling me because you got nobody else, and he kind of like hangs up the phone and laughs. Yeah, like that's just so good. Oh yeah, um, as a, as a filming perspective. So I enjoy this movie. But watching it through, I was like, okay, I enjoy moments of this movie more so uh, because there's times where it drags. Oh, yeah. And it kind of like slog through and you're like, oh, he's uh, 
you know, from the synopsis, like when he's a lawyer or a pediatrician, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, this is cool. Get back to the plane stuff. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I'm with you. Like, I think what really surprised me about the movie was the, I'm with you. Like as a whole, the movie to me is, I don't want to say forgettable because it's not, but it's, it's okay. Like if I look at it holistically, Mm-hmm. But if I look at certain scenes, to your point, the crisp, the first Christmas phone call, the fact that he actually gives him the real room number and he's about ready to give him exact, but he he's messed with this dude the one time. So he, now he's like, well, I don't want to get, and he's gotten his captain or whatever, his commanding officer's like, don't fuck this up. Yeah. Don't get messed up on this. And so it's like, now he's a little gun shy about it. So it's interesting to me on that, but also like the final scene with the two of them, of them being chasing each other in the print shop in France. Like that's where Leonardo really shined to me was like that manic panicky living in his own false world so much that he's like, they have to be lying to me type thing. You know what I mean? So I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Good. When it comes to that piece, the other piece that got me a lot was like, on the flip side of that, there's so many great scenes and pieces to this, but then there's parts where I'm like, ah, you know, and for me, like, it's the whole, you bring up the doctor and the lawyer. And I'm like, this is so outrageous to me. Like, even though the guy grows up with a con man of a dad to a degree and, a, you know, he's learned these and he's obviously highly intelligent. Like, I just have a hard time with him duping so many people. And because and I think that's where to me it's where Leonardo fell short that and I really hated the him watching a movie like movies and about the profession that he's trying I'm like what the hell and the one moment that I was like let's do this a little more was when the judge like ripped his ass like the hell are you doing dude this is a preliminary hearing there's nobody here but me (laughs) and I was like yeah see that's the thing like trying to pose as a major profession like that that interacts with so many other people like i would have a hard time believing that somebody didn't go what and i mean i get like the weird doctors that are new doctors you know that he tricks or whatever and they're like oh man i should have concurred yeah but i was like it's almost an i felt at moments, I told looking over told Casey we were watching. I was like, I feel like it's insulting my intelligence by insulting everyone's intelligence that's in those prof- professions. And I'm not saying there's not people that are like silly in those professions, right? But I was like, that's hard for me to swallow. Yeah. So I've listened to like Frank Abagnale actually some of the speeches and talks that he's given. Uh huh. And so, like for the doctor scene, for instance. Yeah. He never stepped foot in the hospital, according to him. Mm. So he posed as a doctor and he, according to him, right? And we'll get into what Carl's posted on our uh, Patreon. Yeah. I'll save that for the end. But according to him, he posed as a doctor at a like apartment complex, right? When he was going to get an apartment, he said he was a doctor. Mm. Um, And then, you know, when they asked him what kind of doctor, he kind of thought he's like, okay, well, this is a like young single adult. I'm a pediatrician. Right. Mm. So nobody would ask him doctor questions or he could avoid questions about doctor. But, oh, I'm a pediatrician. Right? I only work on kids type of a thing. So that sure. his neighbors would be coming by. 
And so, uh, like he talks about a lot in his talks about the convenience of stuff and like, oh, hey, yeah, so I'm a doctor, but oh, not that kind of doctor, right? Mm. Same thing, like I could say I'm a doctor. I have this. Well, actually, I'm an orthopedic surgeon, so I actually don't know anything about that. I'm more of a specialist gotcha. type of a thing. Uh, so I think that was the movie added stuff in. And yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's that drag and it's like trying to almost make the story better. Yeah. Right. And to inflate this like, oh, yeah, he was around a hospital. And he was posing as a doctor in a hospital. Dude wouldn't last 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, and so you have this kind of inflated. And I think that the story by itself is cool enough that you yeah. don't have, like, even if you took out the doctor and the lawyer bits, like, it would just him hopping on planes. And yeah. You know how to get on a plane. Like, that's a cool story by itself. You don't need to add these other things in to enhance it when you know you have this already amazing story to go with yep yeah i'm with you on that completely well and i'm more like i found myself going i want to know more about his knowledge of like checks and banking and forging and like that to me was so intriguing like when you get to the part and i know it's obviously probably inflated i'm sure they didn't go into some print shop in paris and find him with like thousands upon thousands of forged checks but i want to know did he did he not like how much did he actually you know write checks for get away with like that's the kind of thing and i find that this is true with most biopics where i'm more intrigued they lead me to want to know more about the true true story versus the based on true events story yeah you know what i mean and so like that's where i found my and this one i think is up there with some of those that really intrigued me the most about I need to know what's actually happening with this guy and his story because it's so over fabricated in the movie which I get for entertainment value right but there's so many things that are completely unbelievable that I can't even suspend my disbelief on but I'm more intrigued by the real shit like when he like for me I'm like give me a movie about this guy working for the FBI like, let me watch yes. him analyze the checks and, you know, he's looking and going, well, he did this and he's used this. There's no perforation. I'm like, that shit's interesting. Fuck to me. Yeah. Like he holds it and he knows it's fake. Yeah. Um, and like when they give him that test, he like pulls it. He's like, it's fake. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Carl Henry's like looking at his boss like, <clears throat> hello, yeah. we need some. <laughs> this is the guy we want on this task force. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can hold a check and just know immediately why it's fake yeah Um, and to kind of go back to your point like the actual check forgery stuff Mm -hmm. in some of his talks he talks about it and the real story is actually kind of cool yeah like he he was he says all the time that you know he was not necessarily uh planning anything out right he was 16 to 21 just kind of impulsive going with it hey what can i get away with and so he would take checks to the airport and because the airports were all playing or the airlines were all playing nice with each other. And he'd go around every single desk and catch a check. Yeah. Right. And he threw every single desk in the airport. And he said it would take him about eight hours. Right. What happens in eight hours? Shift change. So he'd go back mm. around and do the whole thing again. And so while that's not as flashy for movie. Sure. Uh, right. It's still cool. Yeah. This guy figured out. And he's using stuff that actually kind of makes sense. Like, oh, hey, the shift change happens. I can go back again. They don't know who I am. They're probably not talking to each other, you know, 
Yeah. And they're not going to be able to figure out that I'm just, you know, going around cashing a $40 check here, $60 check here. And you do that all around the airport. I mean, that's going to be a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I agree with you on the overfabrication because you don't necessarily need it. The story by itself is already really cool. Yeah. But you put Spielberg yeah. in charge of it and, you know, Spielberg's going to Spielberg. Sure. <laughs> sure. Well, and like, you know, for a biopic and like what it is, like it's actually a very interestingly, visually interesting movie, um, which I found really intriguing. Like, and I loved like the locations and like the clothing and like the, like all of that stuff was really well done, which Spielberg Spielberg, right? Like yeah. he, when it comes to direction and putting a movie together and building that, like it's always going to be good. It, this movie just for me has been like, I'm not looking forward to when we have to rate this at the end of the thing, because I'm, I've been confuzzled about it the whole time because there's so many things that are so well done. And then there's so many things that I'm like, ah, you know, yeah. Because it's like that fantasy story, mm. right? It, it can't make up its mind almost between being a biopic and just straight fantasy. Yeah. And it kind of does these big pendulum swings back and forth. And it, it feels like, okay, this is way too unbelievable. There's no way he did that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then on the flip side, now you come back to, because I think, you know, allegedly, let's say, the hotel scene where mm-hmm. you have the wallet and the whole, oh, yeah, my partner's taking him outside. And there's just the label bottles. Yeah. Um, allegedly that's pretty close like almost mm. shot for shot uh mm. to what actually happened uh but that seems almost unbelievable in comparison to you know him passing the bar exam or whatever it is sure but it's like the the pendulum swing you can't really tell what's the overfabrication and what actually happened yeah well and i laughed at like the him crawling out of the toilet but then he's like on the plane but then he he said like the real guy said well it was like a food cart yeah. spot and not the toilet and i was like because i was like man that's you gotta really squeeze under those toilets i mean geez. you gotta be committed <laughs> yeah i was like and that can't like i've been in an airplane toilet they smell really bad like yeah you, i mean i guess maybe you probably smelled worse being in a french prison for however long you was but yeah i don't know like it was so intriguing to me like you said like the parts that are real and then like i said i did a lot of research one because we'll talk about it here in a minute but what charles was talking about as well and on the patreon where he mentioned this movie and then the fact that i was like because i think the thing that got me the most that i it isn't one that like because i'm in between on it because i remember being 16 17 18 years old and i've been told and i recognize that i'm i have a level of oh now i just lost the word but like i'm a pretty charismatic guy yeah when i want to be or need to be but i'll tell you and i'm a pretty confident guy for the most part but i'll tell you when i was 16 i i oozed charisma because i was young and you're confident but i would not have had the confidence as a 16 year old and this is another piece, like, I think I might have had the confidence to be running around an airport giving people checks and, like, saying, you know, pretending to be something I wasn't in that area if I had the right tools for it. What I wouldn't have been and what I have a hard time with most 16-year-olds is this guy seducing fully grown women as a 16-year-old at the level that they show him doing in this movie. And I'm like... Hmm, I was pretty good with the girls, but 
There's no yeah. way I would have gone on a plane and seduced some, you know, host or like the, you know, the whatever. I I was just like, again, it's like one of those things where I just feel like you're pushing the boundaries a little much for me to like even. But is that part of what Spielberg's trying to do too? Like, that's the other question that I have to ask is I'm watching that where I don't get mad. I'm like, okay, so his whole goal is to go. We want you to go, how did he do that? Or yeah. did he do that? So, like, that's something that I was trying to take into account because Casey and I were watching it and laughing, going, no fucking way. And then we were like, but, yeah, but it's still Spielberg, so he probably wants you to go, no fucking way. But maybe, yeah. you know? <laughs> I so. think that is something that they left out of the movie that they shouldn't have. And, again, according to Frank... He looked older at 16 than he actually was. Mm. And so when he first like started out on his own, he would get like a paper route or something like that. And yeah. they wouldn't pay him because he was 16. He looked older and people mm. were always mistaking his age, allegedly. And so that's why he kind of forged his uh, driver's license because he could because there's no picture or anything like that. Sure. You just have to change a date. Um, and so that's what he did it for because he was always being mistaken for being a little bit older he could pass for a little bit older mm. and so it's like oh yeah uh, you know kind of a oh hey i'm 18 type thing oh hey mm. that worked i'm 19 yeah. oh hey that worked hey i'm 21 oh hey that worked um and so it, it comes from a little bit of him apparently allegedly whatever you want to say looking older than his age sure and then having that that trial and error almost of are you gonna believe that i'm older oh you mm. will perfect yeah um, that's what i need but they don't really mention that in the movie that he i mean they cast leonardo when he's like 30 uh <laughs> yeah but he looks 12 <laughs> <laughs> so they don't do a good job of explaining the movie that like apparently again you know frank looked older at 16 than a typical 16 year old yeah because i couldn't pull this off at 16 uh, hell no I, I was a little bit shy at 16. Could I pull it off at 19 and 20? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I could pull this off easy at 20. Yeah. Well, at 16, hell no. <laughs> but I have the same problem that Leonardo DiCaprio has in that when I was 16, I wasn't getting mistaken for being 18 or 20. I was getting mistaken for being 12. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> I, you know, I had this baby face my almost my whole young adult life and teenage life so i was like for me my head instantly goes there's no fucking way but th there's a reason i have a beard and have had a beard since i've been able to have a beard and that's because it's the only time anybody's ever looked at me and go oh you're not five you're years younger than what you look you know or, you know what i mean or than what you are so it's like fuck because i the beard actually ages especially now with all this gray but like yeah, it's interesting to me, and I think that was one of those things that pulled me out of the movie a little bit, going, wait a minute. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense. Yeah, especially not with Leonardo DiCaprio playing him, because yeah. he's saying I'm 16, and I'm like, I believe that. <laughs> Whereas I'm supposed to believe that you can pass for 19, 20, 28, whatever it is, right? So, and then, you know, and then they picked, like, some of the most attractive stars that weren't stars at the time yet to play his love interests and i'm like okay yeah. like <laughs> no no i'm sorry no <laughs> yeah and the only one that i believed being 
naive enough and young enough it was amy adams like the whole scene with jennifer garner i'm like fuck off yeah i was like first <laughs> of all you just got a hooker or a prostitute or a sex worker sorry i i have i fully support sex workers so i should not use those terms but this there's no way she's gonna give 400 bucks and i don't know maybe the, the time was different back then but i'm just like you just pulled that off. Not only that, but she's a model slash fa- like verge of being famous when she was younger. I was like, come on. She can't be that naive that she's going to like do that. But then I guess maybe it was the first time she was first doing party. that. You know, I don't know. Yeah, but I had a hard time with that. What one. ifs that were. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like it, it's just not. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I've known like I know I shouldn't say I've known. I know a couple of sex workers like and they are some of the most whip smart people I have ever met in my life. So like, for me, that's the mentality I was coming from. I'm not saying that there's not some naive ones out there and some would get caught up in this for the money. Cause money is very important in certain circumstances for that line of work. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the other piece that I got was like this line, of, like, she doesn't strike me as a person that was that desperate for money to yeah. have that be something that she would fall for anyway like that and again i think that comes because of my perspective and like i said i know a couple of people so and they it, they would never yeah never like it would never even be like and again this this is supposed to be in the 60s right so maybe a check wasn't that big of a shocker back then but like not a chance in hell yeah they take a check it, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so anyway, that's probably me being weird, but like that was a thing for me. So, but I will say, okay, let's talk about Charles. So I, okay. Charles had a comment when we picked this one, right? It says, it turns out that much of the story is false or greatly exaggerated. He fooled Hollywood. And I don't disagree with that. Like after reading the article that he linked for in the New York mm-hmm. Post, like obviously i mean you're writing the person that wrote a book about this dude you're writing a book about a con man being a con man so you have to already you have to imagine he's gonna con you (laughs) yeah you have to go into this with some level of trepidation right like going how much of this is true and i would hope that as a journalist and an author like you would do your due diligence and you would do your research and i'm sure that they did and there's some of this that there's no way that you're going to be able to research it like because you need firsthand accounts and the only firsthand account you're going to get it's is him. from frank himself right so it's one of those things where it's hard but like yeah i don't know what are your thoughts like on how much grandstanding there might be with because it's apparently because you know more than me because i've never watched or listened to the man talk if it wasn't in this article that i read I don't know anything about like his real life situation. So I go back and forth because I also read the article and I think in there that like references Pan Am, which is the airline that he scammed or whatever. Yeah. says we have no record, blah, blah, blah of him flying this many, whatever. Yeah. Uh, And I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, Pan Am at the time, right. When this is happening, they were the airline, right. It's like American airlines today being the biggest airline or Delta. I don't know who it is, but whatever. I was like, if I'm them, you know, if I'm, let's say American Airlines today and someone's been scamming me, I'm not going to admit that they can get around my system. Sure. Right? I'm not saying anything. 
and I think Pan Am had already gone out of business or they're going under. So maybe it's different, but I would not admit that you could scam my system because everybody would start looking for loopholes. Yeah. However, so in his talks that he gives, he will reference the movie, but he always kind of says the same thing, which is I never asked for a movie to be made about my life. They made a movie about my life. Uh, you know, I think it's a great movie and it depicts some of my, uh, some of the scenes from my life. It's, it's yeah. like the same thing in every single opening he gives. He has the same spiel and it never really talks about the accuracy of the movie. Um, or he, he goes into very generalized details. Like mm-hmm. he talks about a little bit about, you know, I said about, you know, going around the airport looking for checks. He, he'll mention that, but he doesn't talk about a lot of details. He's very vague and generalized when it comes to this. Then he goes into what he's talking about. Usually what he's talking about is fraud. Um, sure. So I, I'm unsure. However, I think that if this dude conned the FBI, conned Pan Am, conned Hollywood, and then is still getting paid for speaking engagements and continuing to con people. <laughs> it's That's on fair. us. Dude, the dude is winning. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, it's true. I and mean, it, yeah. yeah. So, like, I'm on his side, even if he is giving a complete, like, if he's conning everybody. And it's because, like, I, you know, I've listened to his talks. And he gives, actually, like, pretty sound financial advice yeah. that I took. Like one of them is, and I'm not a financial advisor. Don't take any. Don't sure. But one thing that he talks about is like how a credit card is the safest form of, you know, finance. Credit card, right? Yeah. Because your credit card gets stolen, you cancel the card. Someone steals your, you know, card number and everything. They're not spending your money. They're spending the credit card companies, mm-hmm. right? You're not liable for that. If you have a debit card, and that gets stolen. Now you have a couple hundred dollars or whatever that was stolen. You have to go through your bank. Your bank's like, mm, I don't know. And then it's a whole process. Yep. You know, if you have a credit card, you, oh, shoot, where's my credit card? Freeze it. Call the credit card company. My money was stolen. Hey, that last purchase, that wasn't me. Yep. Um, and so that's something that he's big on. He talks about it. And I was like, hey, that's a brilliant idea. So I don't have a debit card. Yeah. Like, I don't use one. Never will again. And sure. prior to this, I was thinking, oh, yeah, debit card makes sense. I have the money. Here's the card type of a thing. But yep. the way that he explained it, like, hey, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Why would I spend my money when I could spend somebody else's money? <laughs> yeah. Well, and he's not wrong. I mean, I, from someone that yeah. used to work that has worked for credit cards, especially modern times. Right. Because now almost every credit card company has a no questions asked, like, just write that shit off policy. Yeah. Whereas banks and credit unions with your own money they usually have a $500 limit even if the, the if you lost 10,000 bucks at the most you're getting back is 500 bucks unless they're able to reclaim that full amount you're not getting more than 500 that's you that's around the limit now that may have changed yeah. it's been a minute since I've been in that world but you, he's not wrong plus you're getting rewards for most credit cards that are far better i mean i'm with you i don't use i have a debit card but I don't take it with me very often. Like I usually am using credit cards and then I buy everything with a credit card and then Mm -hmm. I pay it off. You know what I mean? So because I want the rewards and I want that security level that you have because they, that's their thing. Like there's no liability on your end for any kind of fraudulent activity because they can't. Yeah. The way they're designed to work. So, 
So the guy's knowledgeable. So I believe sure. that he could have scammed with checks and everything like that because he's got that brain. He's brilliant. Sure. And I'll, I'll be honest. I hope like it's all a lie. And he's just oh, yeah. been conning <laughs> everybody for this point, like 60 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that would honestly make me so happy. Well, and I mean, the guy has to have like, I'm with you. Like, it would be hilarious if the whole thing was a fucking lie. And then he still had, but he still had the knowledge because I mean, the one thing that they don't lie about all the way through is he's been very, at least he was at one point, very involved in how a lot of avoiding this kind of shit Mm -hmm. has come about. So like, like you say, the guy's brilliant and he's either brilliant and has fucking fooled everybody across the board for the last 60 years, or there's some level of truth. I mean, obviously they have evidence that he cashed fraudulent checks and enough that it was an issue four million dollars worth and who knows but there's enough that it landed him in jail and there's enough that it landed him in jail for a while and he was an had an understanding of the system well enough that he then was able to use that to get himself out as well as to create many of the versions of the current safety features that banks and checks and everything else use today so the guy's got intelligence and he's got a knowledge of around it what one way or another which adds to the level of is this real or is it not because you can't help but go "Mm, this guy that and as i was reading the article one of the things that i found interesting was like one of the people that poo-pooed this guy so hard was his agent or his former agent and i'm like obviously this guy's pissed at this dude yeah and i you know some bad blood yeah, I was like, I don't know. Like, I have a hard time when someone has a close relationship and shit goes south and then they shit all over them. I'm like, mm, you kind of ruined your credibility for me. Yeah. True or not, I can't fully trust what you're saying because there's there's bad blood there. And so in your mind, it behooves you to shit on this dude. Not saying you're lying. I'm saying I can't fully trust it. So that's another thing I found interesting, but I didn't know he, he like pretended to be a professor from BYU either, which is fucking genius. That because, is hilarious. Like Who, who's going to question you? Yeah. Like everybody's like, BY what? Yeah. That school in Utah, especially back then, like, yeah, you're not going to get away with Harvard or Yale. Yeah. But BYU, they're gonna, they're going to say what? Oh, okay, cool. Like it. I feel like there's an, a little bit enough recognition that people know it's a university. Sure. Right, but they outside of that, nobody really cares. Yeah, <laughs> like okay, you're you're a you're a professor at that Mormon school in Southern yeah. Utah. Like okay, great. That's Whatever. hilarious because that's once again, it's a brilliant little like it's it's enough of a lie that's going to get you by, but nobody's really going to verify it. Yeah, because nobody has the time or the care really to. Yeah, it's hilarious. That's funny. Yeah, now they do show letters that like. BYU refutes that he was ever associated. But again, I would too. To your point, (laughs) if I'm any of these institutions, I don't fuck. This guy never did anything with us, right? Like, there's no fucking way I'm admitting that shit. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's, and I think this is to bring it full circle. What has been most interesting about this movie now that I've seen it is the movie itself is good. But it's the speculation and the questions and the thought processes that I have based on this movie that make it fun, like and entertaining to watch. Cause now I'm like, man, this guy was fucking good. If this is even half true, 
Yeah. And that's the thing. But at the same time, the answers are not out there. Yeah. Like I watched just about every speech he's given. He never says dog shit about sure. anything. And it can be frustrating because I almost feel like Tom Hanks. How'd you pass the bar exam in Louisiana? <laughs> <laughs> because that question comes up like seven times in the movie. Yep. Um, and it's it's fine, kind of a running joke, but it's the same thing. Like you question how this happened, but you can't find the answers. Yeah. Because you either find none of it happened or he's just very vague on it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> well, and he has to be real careful because like he can't just come out and say the shit because then you get these companies like, you know, paying it. Well, not paying Am anymore, but like you might get the BYUs or like the places that you defrauded, like that might try to sue you for libel because you don't have actual proof and that might that isn't incriminating either at that point and you're like they only put him in jail for check fraud not yeah not for everything else yeah so i mean it's not like you even have like protections from being prosecuted on other things that you might come out and say so statue limitations (laughs) yeah no shit So it's yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, double jeopardy is not going to help you, but yeah. statute of limitations might at this point. But to him, it's more it it makes more sense for him to keep it a mystery because that keeps because people wanting to yeah. know, yeah, wanting to know, asking questions, speeching, you know, speaking advice. Yeah, I love it. All right, let's rate this thing. All right, my movie, I'm first, right? Yes, sir. All right, I'm going to give this a four, solid four. I mean, there's there's parts and moments where it drags. I think you could cut probably 20 minutes of this film out of it and you'd still be fine. Yeah. Um, I, I know why they did it, because it's like this kind of, you know, we talked about building the story about, oh, this con man was the con men of con men. Yeah. Um, but I think you could have cut it out and you still have a great movie with what's provided. Um, and it does pull you out a little bit where it has these big pendulum swings from oh there's no way he did that to, there's really no fucking way he did that and then you kind of go back and forth um but aside from that you have a great cast um you have phenomenal acting i mean christopher walken playing his dad frank abigail senior hilarious even though he's only in the movie for of kind of a short time mm-hmm. um so you have this great cast that backs it up a great story and then a phenomenal all-star director um, I think it's an easy four for me. I will watch it again. Um, I, I will probably wait some time to go through it again, though. Uh, it's one of those where I got I to gotta give it some time for it. Go watch it again. But, yeah, four for me. Nice. Um, I'm going to give it a little less. I'm going to give it a three and a half. It is good, and it was entertaining. I did have probably, to your point, like there was probably 20, 25 minutes where I was like zoning out because I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just don't care. And, and I'm a little bored, but the, and it's interesting because the moments I was most entertained by were the scenes that he was acting, that you had this veteran actor working with this uh, coming into his own, becoming a force to be reckoned with, you know, young actor in Leonardo DiCaprio. And they really played well off of each other. And then a couple of moments, like you said, where they're playing into the did he or didn't he? Could he have done this? Couldn't he? Like, you can't help but ask the question and go, really? Come on now. He just got away with that shit? Like, he's just hanging out with the pilots? Can he watch enough, you know, listen to enough people talk in the airport to know what to say? And, I mean, which is genius, but it's just like, yeah. So, it, but it, it did drag a little for me at moments. It was, and to your point, the cast is amazing across the board even the ones that like 
where nobody's or just had like some TV shows that they were in and they're like, Ooh, we'll mm-hmm. cast them. Cause they're up and going some great cast. Um, but I, you know, I think, yeah, there was some parts that I'm just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Will I watch it again? I think I would given the right circumstance. I don't think I would actively go, I'm going to go watch catch me if you can. I think it would have to be somebody else wanted to watch it or like I was sitting there and it came on and I'm like, oh, okay, I could watch you know, a little bit of this because there's some entertaining pieces and I'd be curious to watch it again from a different perspective, but I don't think I would actively seek it out. So, but overall, I, I mean, it's a good movie. Yeah. It was good. I'm glad I watched Perfect. it. Perfect. Yeah. That's Much all you can ask for, right? Libre. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still regret that one. No. <laughs> but I don't regret the conversation around it. You should go <laughs> listen to that episode. There's my shameless plug. Um, love it. All right, well, there it is. Um, that was fun. Yeah, catch me if you can. I like to tell everybody where they can find us if they're not listening to this episode. Happy to. So thank you for tuning into our review of Catch Me If You Can. This is uh, my pick, and I thoroughly enjoy uh, this film. We have learned that it might all be a hoax, but I still love it anyway. Uh, let us know in the comments if learning that the con man is still conning the world ruins this film for you or if it enhances it. Uh, This is the first week of our biopic films, and I think it's an absolute banger to start off on. If you're looking for more What's Our Verdict, check out the episode we dropped last week, uh, Host, which is a scary movie requested by our wonderful patron, Cholula Water. That's a throwback, dude. I'm so happy you changed that name to (laughs) Nice Job, Charles. Uh, If you guys want to get involved with our themed months and selections, the best way to do so is to join us on Patreon. We have a few good topics locked and loaded coming up, so join us there to get in on the selection process. With that, I'll kick it back to the Wazir of WAP, the Maharaja of MASH, AJJ. Love it. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, Chalu the Water. What a great choice. That's Uh, all the way back to Black Phone. Yeah, man. That's, That's back there. I love it. Um, yeah, so there it is. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Hasta la vista, baby. Cinematic.